0: Hi, and welcome to She's the Boss Chats. I'm your host, Jules Brooke, and in the show, I interview amazing women and female founders about what it is that they're doing and why they're doing it. It's all about us lifting up the women around us. Lindsay Nicholas, I am so happy to be interviewing you for She's the Boss Chats. Thank you so much for agreeing to do it.
1: And it's such a pleasure to be here, Jules. Thank you so much.
0: My pleasure as well. So I have only met you recently. I am very excited by your beautiful fashion shop, but I'm jumping ahead. Why don't you first tell everybody what it is that you do?
1: Sure. So I am the president and creative director of Lindsay Nicholas, New York, and we are a luxury women's wear label based in Melbourne. And I also have two stores. I have a store on Little Collins Street in Melbourne, and I also just opened last week at Emporium Melbourne
0: which is amazing. And congratulations, <laughs> two stores. Now, why why, Lindsay Nicholas New York though? what What's going on with New York? Tell us.
1: So I actually initially started making my brand in New York. So I was living in Singapore when I started my company. And I thought that at the time I would be moving back to New York when I left Singapore. And as it turns out, I moved to Melbourne. So right. I started my production in New York as a side hustle. So I would get up every morning at 4am. I had a production team in New York that would Work and then I would go to my day job and then I would come home and work again (laughs) and then did that for about actually about two and a half years. And then the time came to move and my husband and I decided to actually move back to Melbourne. So So I came back here and then, uh, yeah, a few years later started doing my production here as well.
0: Brilliant. And I'm assuming your husband is Australian. Is that the reason why you're here?
1: That is correct. Yes. (laughs) We met in New York sitting next to each other having a chat at a restaurant and Fast forward, whatever it is, 13, it. 14 years. Yep. And oh wow! From
0: sitting in a moment. restaurant, that that'll give a lot of women hope. I would say <laughs> it, yep.
1: It's a good story. Anyone can anyone can text me. I could. It was a great story. Yeah.
0: Well, we we hopefully we'll have time for it. So, but first, let's talk about um, your clothing brand. Why did you set it up? Was there a bit of a light bulb moment? What 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 persuaded you to finally um, create it?
1: So I had a whole career in marketing and advertising and I worked in New York. I was on Madison Avenue for a couple of decades and worked in New York during 9-11. And obviously what unfolded was very traumatic for everybody. Yeah. And the next day people were coming into work and people were quitting, becoming kindergarten teachers and tennis pros. And I'd always known that I'd wanted to do fashion design. So I went back to school at night and worked my day job and Went to Parsons at night and earned a certificate degree in fashion design. Wow! And then I went back because I enjoyed that so much. I went back to FIT, Fashion Institute of Technology, and I got a certificate degree in image consulting. And then after that, I, I walked into my boss's office and said, "I quit. I'm you know I'm done. This is my career." And he just sort of, I think, rolled his eyes at me and just said, you know, go back to your desk kind of thing. (laughs) And I did basically for another decade. Stop it. And then as I was rounding 50, (laughs) I just, I I knew it was time to start. So I was, I think I was 49 when I started my business and- just did it as a side hustle, and then when I felt comfortable enough, made it a full time a full time gig.
0: Well, that's fantastic. I just I love the fact that um, it took you ten years, but that you finally did it at forty nine. Yeah. So I can tell that there's a big story behind all of this. But let's start off with you as a little girl. Um, I'm just interested to know about role models in your family. Uh, what size family you had? What did mum and dad do? And where were you? And then we'll turn that into, and then we'll keep talking about school and stuff. But.
1: Sure. So I grew up outside of Boston. Right. I grew up in a town called Wellesley, which is most famous for Wellesley College, which is where Hillary Rodham Clinton went and ah. so many others. But uh, but I grew up in a family with uh, my parents divorced when I was very very young, um, which was a very good thing, by the way. <laughs> okay. That.
0: Good. Yep.
1: Um, amazing. My I adore my parents. Um, but two most opposite people that I ever have met in my life. Uh, <laughs> but they it was an interesting upbringing because I had my mother who was very fashion oriented and you know if she walked into Bloomingdale's everybody knew her name like she just oh wow she was all about fashion she shopped every day and then my dad when they when they split my dad actually moved up to Maine eventually and has a house you know in a town of 40 people where they heat the house with wood like the, you know he's a woodsman right so it was a really diverse upbringing uh both beautiful wonderful people but a very diverse upbringing. Wow! And then I have an older sister, we're Irish twins, born a year and nine days apart, and a younger sister, born on the same day, 14 years apart, and then a stepbrother. S- the
0: same day. That's pretty cool. I didn't yeah. even know there was such a thing as Irish twins, but I am from Dublin and my mum had me followed by my brother a year and 20 days later. So okay. I've never you- heard that term before. I'm going to use it from now on.
1: I believe it's thirteen months. Oh, well, okay. You and an Irish twin, so you would be an Irish twin.
0: Yeah, definitely, A slightly inside the thirteen months, and for you, even closer. And the same day with your um, sister that was born or brother that was born fourteen years later. That's extraordinary.
1: Yes, we um we all were Capricorns, all are Capricorns, <laughs> and um I. I somehow attributed to opening day of baseball season in the U S but I'm not sure if that's in April <laughs> nine months earlier, but we'll see.
0: Right. <laughs> Very I'll never funny. know the
1: answer to that question, but
0: no. Okay. So, um, and your mum shopped every day and everybody knew her blooming does. What was that just yeah. quickly before we move on? Cause that sounds um, intriguing.
1: She just, she loves, loved clothes. right? So she would just, we would buy and she actually, interestingly enough, like we didn't, we weren't a particularly, it's a wealthy town, but we weren't a particularly wealthy family right. at all. But, uh, But she just had this love for clothes and believed if you bought something off price, which I was more than happy to do, that there was something wrong with it. Right. So we always bought quality. If something was on sale, there's something wrong with it. So quality was instilled. I think from the time I was a small child. Wow. You didn't buy. You didn't buy. You know, junk. You bought very few pieces that would be beautiful. But for us, it was. You know, my sister and I would have much rather gone to like TJ Maxx and got quantity. I think at that time, but we were allowed like three pieces of clothes or four pieces of clothes to start the school year and you just really consider what you would wear because in the U.S. most places schools don't wear uniforms so we didn't wear uniforms so my sister and I would start in June when the school year got out and we start back to school in September we would start mood boards we would get 17 magazine and cut out pictures of who we were going to be the next year oh wow Lindsay
0: that sounds amazing Oh no, I love that, and that actually speaks directly to the quality of your clothing now, doesn't it? Because I know that it's um very sort of luxury pieces. But anyway, okay, so so you grew up in that town, which I've always thought was Wellesley. So I'm glad you've explained it. Um, so what did you? What was school like for you? Did you enjoy school? Were you good at school?
1: Um, I I. Probably enjoyed school when I was younger. Right. I went to the same school system, so from kindergarten through twelfth grade, I was in the same school system. So I knew a lot of people. Like I was comfortable from that perspective. Yeah. But I think I always felt a bit different. I was, um, yeah, it wasn't my thing. I I was a very good student, and then as it happened, I was actually captain of the field hockey team, the junior varsity field hockey team, and I loved field hockey. And so the next year, I went for the varsity team, and of course, I'm going to make the varsity team, and I didn't. And I freaked out because I was a really good, I was the captain of the team and I was really good. And I'm like, how on earth did I not make it? So just as a like sort of stomping feet down, I'm like, I'm going to get a job. So I did. And I got a job at what is now Whole Foods in the US when I was 15. Right. And I wound up staying there, long story, but I wound up staying there for more than a decade as well. But I started hanging out with people that were much older than me. So I was 15 and all of a sudden my... My dad always remembers that I, you know, the year before I came to my birthday party at his house, because he he had a place where we could go skating near his house. Yeah. And I came with all my little girlfriends and we braided each other's hair and all that stuff. And the next year I came with like 21 year old guys who were showing up with cases of beer. Oh, cool. Dad was like, "Hmm, what happened last year? Something's, something's changed. But I, I think I lost interest in school because I fell in love with work
0: right and work
1: was very logical to me like you do the right thing and the good right things happen and you don't do the wrong things wrong thing happens that it felt very logical to me and i really fell into work right and i still think i i work is my happy place oh
0: that's that's a lovely thing to hear so um so university wasn't on the cards. so uh, i'm assuming because that would just be more boring school
1: no, I did. I did so oh. I actually went to Yep, so I I, wow. for, I paid for my own education. <laughs> yeah. I worked full time while I went to school and I went to Emerson College in Boston and got a I was actually studying broadcast journalism because I really actually thought I wanted to be a a broadcast journalism work in television. Okay. And then I when I graduated, there weren't a lot of jobs actually interestingly enough CNN had just started. They were. it was either their first year or the, they were a year old and they were recruiting from my college because it was a good mass yeah. communication college. Yeah. And then I remember them saying, oh, you can move down to Atlanta. And then they have these houses where 13 people will live together. And I think you would get paid. I don't, can't remember what the number was, but it was something like $13,000 for your first year. Yeah. And I had been working at this company now for, you know, whatever, six, seven years. And I was making decent money and I was like, running the no customer way. service department. And I was like, I'm not going to take this huge pay cut to go to CNN. And now, of course, I'm like, what were you thinking? (laughs) Well,
0: no, no, but I love it that you were so own-minded, you know, that you knew what what it was that you wanted to do. So uh, what was the first job out of school then?
1: Um, So I left, this is interesting. So I left Whole Foods where I wound up being a store manager for Whole Foods. Wow. And running, um, you know, running stores that did multiple Uh, millions of dollars. Were you the youngest,
0: by the way? I mean, because, Um, I mean, if you'd started so young...
1: It was interesting that all the store managers, I remember at one point, there was like, we had five stores when it was, before it was bought by Whole Foods and all the store managers, we were all born the first week in January, which I thought was very, very funny. <laughs> yes. But uh, th- um, I was the youngest, but there was others similar in okay. age. So it, it sort of, it sort of, um you know, spanned the, spanned the ages. And then I knew I wanted to leave. I actually um met my first husband and he was sort of like, ah, Working in a grocery store, not sure how I feel about that, even though I absolutely loved it. Oh my god! And so I quit my job and became a marketing assistant for Miller Brewing Company,
0: right? And took
1: one big granddaddy of a pay cut. I'll tell you.
0: I bet. And getting into but beer, I a ton. which I mean, was that was that exciting for you, or was that just a, a means to an end for getting a higher paid job to please um, the now ex husband?
1: <laughs> yeah, I um, I I I got put in as a as a administrator there. Like I started as a, you know, administrator. Yeah. But I had no I had never even had a computer. I didn't even know. I'd never and I was the person that was supposed to be training everyone on the team on how to do Excel. So someone had put me up for this job a headhunter. Yeah. And I literally had no idea how they sold me. And I got in day one and I was panicked. I I was trying to write letters. I was trying to write letters in Excel because I didn't even know that it was for math and that word was for writing and I'm like the letters keep disappearing I don't know where they're going Oh, Lindsay, and I had to call no. my husband and like I went down to a pay phone and called my husband because I was panicking then it worked out I was there for two years and it was actually a really fun job in the end
0: okay and uh, but but again it's still nowhere near fashion so what was yeah. so you went Whole Foods to um Miller's what, what where did you go after that two years later
1: so then I went into advertising. So I spent a lot of years, i worked on ExxonMobil for a number of years. Okay. I worked, I used to run HP Enterprise business globally for Omnicom. I wow. just did the whole ad thing, but I always loved fashion. And I, in New York before we would have our meetings, I always remember my team on ExxonMobil before we'd have a big presentation, everyone would go out and buy a new outfit and would all the, in the morning get together and be like, what are you wearing? You know, like it's, <laughs> I know it sounds ridiculous, but it was just one of the fun parts of the job and everyone really was into fashion. We Our store was, ours, our office rather, was right behind Saks Fifth Avenue. Oh, right. So, you know, if you, if you had a stressful day, you'd sort of walk over to Saks and have a look at the rack just to cool yourself out. Right, but still and, uh,
0: quite different. So I can see how excited you would have been ultimately many years later for getting into your own fashion label. But yeah. so did you move towards fashion at all in your career? Just take us through the next few jobs and how they happened and what, what sure, they involved. Sure,
1: I did. So I, I was in living in New York and I was running HP Enterprise Business and I was on a business trip actually to Australia to meet some clients here. And while I was here, I sort of knew that I might be moving to Australia. So I met with a headhunter here Right and and, you know, just saying I might be coming down here. And then a few months later, went back to New York and told my boss that I was leaving that role. And they basically said, well, you travel all the time anyway. So you're never in New York. So we're happy if you do that role from Melbourne. Oh, wow. So that was like, I and I was, or, I'm sorry, this was from Sydney. Right. And I'm actually, I was really surprised. I was like, fantastic. So that's great. So I kept my same role. And then the headhunter that had called me, you know, that I had met with called me, maybe a year in, and said, I always remember when you interviewed with us that you always wore pearls. And I said, I'm a pearl girl. I love pearls. Yeah. And they said, well, Paspeli Pearls is looking for a head of marketing. Oh, wow. So that was a bit... Yeah, so then I went to be head of marketing for Paspeli Pearls, which I loved. The family is just amazing, just beautiful product. I'm, yeah, stunning I'm wearing Paspeli product. right now. Like, I, I absolutely obsessed with uh, their products. And, and sorry, Lindsay,
0: you. so were you you did that job out of Sydney still? I did, yes. Wow, and is Paspeli... Kaylee Pearls where are they based? I thought that was an Australian company.
1: The, it is. So they're they're Darwin, but they've moved a lot of the operations to their Martin Street boutique. So underneath oh. the Martin Street boutique, they've got the Pearl Room. That's where the marketing people sit and then they're they're the in Pearl you know, they're in Brisbane they're in Broome they're right. in Darwin right yeah no
0: that that's what i had thought so now and i'm Melbourne, just i'm trying to gauge the time because i don't know how far ahead we've we've leapt so um how 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 did you come to australia let's go back a little bit and just talk to me about or was it literally from that job at um millers that they said that you could come across or hp no so it
1: was from so from hp yes so from hp where i came across so that's when i moved here um, with my husband moved in with him so this is the second my...
0: husband though this is the guy you sat beside yeah. in a cafe no
1: we'll say that yeah let's go with second
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just uh, sorry normally I would I would guide you along the way and I've jumped ahead and now I'm trying to catch up in terms yeah. of I so can, yeah so, I can give you so yeah, I, yeah so I
1: left I left um so I met my husband in New York left H Moved to Australia with HP with um with the advertising agency in your twenties. This this
0: is when you're young. No, no,
1: this is this is um we're getting close. This is in my forties, uh, early forties.
0: Right. Okay. So that yeah, So your so New had York had career span, was long. Yeah. Sorry. No, you go.
1: <laughs> I had that long span in the middle where I worked in advertising.
0: Right. Okay. And then okay. So then you come to Australia with HP, and then you got this opportunity with Pas Bailey. Correct. Um, and then how long did you last there? And, and obviously, you loved it. So what made you leave?
1: So my husband got a job in Singapore. So right, yes, yeah, so about a little over a year after I started there, I went to Singapore. And what uh, became executive director of retail marketing for the shops at Marina Bay Sands, which is a luxury mall. So I was fortunate enough, I worked with about 280 retailers, many, not many, nearly all of the luxury brands. So I did events with I did events with Louis Vuitton, with Funk Leff oh, wow. and Arpels. It just was a most amazing experience. And I just got to meet so many people in the luxury industry. And really, you know, my office was the mall. So just walking through and seeing the product and the quality and the customer service and everything that goes around a luxury product was an amazing, amazing experience. And I was there for about five years.
0: Wow. And so your networks must be massive in that sort of, yeah. in that kind of area of high net worth individuals did you love singapore
1: i loved singapore yeah. absolutely it's a wonderful place a great place to live
0: right okay and so uh now how does the latest husband <laughs> the second husband <laughs> how does he fit into this where did you meet him before singapore or after singapore
1: so before singapore so okay. we met sitting next to each other in a restaurant in new york so how did you do uh,
0: that though literally what happened who who so spoke to I who was, first
1: so i was i was Working for the agency, and we had just started this brand new agency for HP. So it was a bespoke agency. And it was, I think, my 23rd Sunday working in a row. And I was just sort of getting to that point of like, wow, this is a lot. Yeah. And I remember sitting, leaving work around nine o'clock at night on a Sunday. And if you know me, I like to eat my meals very, very early. But nine o'clock on a Sunday, I'm like, I'm going to stop on the way home and just grab some sushi at this restaurant. And I had my friend, Michael, who ran media for us, and he was walking with me. We were neighbors. And I, we were going to go into dinner. And then he said, actually, we're, we're traveling tomorrow, so I'm going to go home and do some laundry. So I went in by myself and my husband looked over and apparently thought I had great energy. Little did he <laughs> know that was not a great energy day for me at all. At
0: 9 p.m. Uh, on a Sunday night, having put in a full amount of work. He must exactly. love so, you on a normal day then.
1: Yeah. And he was there on a business trip. Right. And then he just came over and he said will you be here next Sunday night? And I'm thinking for whatever reason, my head, I'm like, he forgot his umbrella or something like that. <laughs> and he needs me to find it or whatever. Like I just went well, in some very strange it. direction. Yeah. And then he said, no, he's like, you just, he's like, I just thought I would ask you if you would have dinner with me next Sunday night. Oh. And I was like, Ooh. I said, I'm not going to be here. And, uh, and then he said, do you mind if I sit down? Which by the way, happens a lot in New York because that's just New York. Right. But it's, it's, y'all, y'all, we say no. And there was something about him that I just, I, I didn't even hear his beautiful accent because, of course, as an American, I love an Australian accent. Uh, but then he sat down and we started talking about the changes of demography in the world. And it was just fascinating. Wow. And when we, you know, we chatted for maybe an hour and a half and then, you know, went our separate ways. And I just remember thinking, this is the best conversation that I had since my grandfather, who's incredibly brilliant, um, since my grandfather passed away. And then a week later, we did wind up going on a date. And then I happened to be going to london for work and then i was supposed to be in paris and he was supposed to be in london but when i was in paris so i got to london and he's like i switched my flights i'll meet you there oh client and, i love my this. client in paris got sick so we wound up spending a week in london together
0: oh how fantastic and, yeah and the rest is history oh my god and he well thank goodness he brought you here so we're very happy about that all right so uh now i'm kind of a bit more up to date you're in singapore and that's when um, the. Uh, 9-11 happened is that right no. no I was in
1: New York when 9-11 happened. <laughs> okay all right yeah. so talk to me that about, was a lot So Singapore, Singapore was just Singapore was just um 2013 to 2017 I was there
0: right so and, recently and then you decided you'd move to Australia and um bring the brand with you yes okay Absolutely. I think I understand it all now so tell me a little bit about the journey. I mean, firstly, I love that you started your business at 49. Um, I know she's the boss I started at about 52. So thanks to the yeah. pandemic. So it's often something big and potentially catastrophic that can send you in a completely different direction that you're very happy about later on. Um, what, uh, tell me about your entrepreneurial journey. So since you have set up the business, have there been any challenges along the way uh, that you've learned from, I guess, is it the, the reason that I'm asking you this is that um, often I think that things can happen to us that, that we learn so much from. And I also think it's really good for the women listening to know that it, not very few people have a very smooth business journey that just starts with, oh, I'll decide to start this business and it all goes exactly the way that you plan yeah. it to. Have you got anything you can share with us where something has happened and you've learned from it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think, I mean, truthfully, there's so many things, but I just, by my nature, I am not entrepreneurial. Right. I am an excellent number two. I love being number two, you know, in my roles. I, you know, that's, that's where my happy place was is like being in charge. But when, you know, when those things really blow up, there's still someone there that you can go, yeah, can you, you know, can I throw this over the fence at you? Okay. So that's my happy place. So I am a reluctant entrepreneur. Uh, I'm I'm good with marketing. I'm good with numbers. I'm good with money. Like I've I've got you know some basic things. I'm a good business person. Right. Good customer service person. But the 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 unknown about being an entrepreneur is not something that I love. Right. You know, when I used to love, you know, you go on vacation and someone pays you vacation pay, which you know certainly doesn't happen when you go on vacation when you're an entrepreneur. No. But it's I someone talked about my business as being the Olympics of small details. And it is like, there's so many things. Cause I do the marketing, I do the production, you know, just things, you know, how many zippers, how much fabric do I need for this? And then how many zippers go with that? Like it's, there's so many little minute things. Yeah. And when I first moved back to Melbourne and my husband and I took an office together in WeWork, the WeWork on Elizabeth street oh, when yeah. it first opened. And my husband said to me, he's like, I don't never realized how much admin you do. So there was a lot of things that you, you know, you have to do yourself, yes. especially as when you're starting a small business that you're, you're doing everything. Yeah, absolutely. of you know, all trades. Chief, <laughs> yeah. Chief bottle washer, you know, it's, it's, you're doing everything. So I, I've had many, I mean, truthfully, if I could, I could, I could probably tell you a million stories, but you know, I've done stupid things with money. Like I, I hired an influencer agency for $11,000 <gasps> and I'm like, Ouch. what was I thinking? Yeah. <laughs> um there's been so many things but you learn you know and then you learn that everybody wants your money yeah you know that i do i probably get 20 25 emails a day with someone pitching me either for production or for media you know and i used to try to be nice and respond to everybody and now i i just simply can't
0: yeah you know right. i
1: just i delete and then they write again saying did you see my email but it's what are they hang on a minute a though challenge. is
0: a lot of it people offering to do your marketing because I get loads of that or let me build yep. your website or an app or are you getting a lot from influencers saying dress me for free and I'll tell everyone about you know your clothing do you get a lot of that kind of stuff
1: I get a lot of that kind of stuff too but it's not very targeted because right. I know who my client yes. is and you know she's typically 35 plus She's a business leader, you know. I dress a lot of politicians. I dress a lot of CEOs, board members. Uh, this morning, I had a diplomat in the store um, who came in and bought a skirt. I know who she is. Yeah. She's she's not an in, she's an influencer because of the fact that she influences people.
0: But she's because not. She's in. Yeah. She's not
1: taking pictures of herself on Instagram. No,
0: and certainly not in bikinis. In fact, I've suddenly thought I must introduce you to my lady mayor because she'd be a perfect one for you. But anyway, that's a, that that's for another time. Um. OK, Uh. what so have there been any other ones that I mean, you, you say you've made a lot of mistakes. Uh, I'm interested to know. Um. What did you decide to do with the admin situation when your hubby said uh, you do an awful lot of admin because there would be I mean, I'm one of them. I do so much admin and it's nowhere near where I should be spending my time. What did you decide to do in that situation? Are you still doing it all yourself?
1: Um, I did at the time, I did hire a virtual assistant Yep, and that was good. It, um, I'm still, you know, when it comes to things like numbers, I'm still a bit of a control freak. I I know sometimes I do need to give away more and now I actually have a decent sized team. So I've got a, you know, a number of people on my team now, which is oh, good. great, but it took me, you know, definitely seven years to get here and having the store sort of ha- has that help too, because someone that helps me with marketing also works in the store with us. So oh, great. I can give people dual roles. So that's really, really helpful. And and they're all, you know, they're all teams wonderful. I'm so, so happy with my team. But I, I still probably do a fair bit of it. Now that the, now that I have two stores, I was saying to somebody yesterday, they say, you know, when you have one baby, it's like one job. When you have two babies, it's like three jobs. Yes, <laughs> And I feel like that with the stores, like one store was one job and two stores is now three jobs. So I do I actually enjoy doing it. Like I enjoy doing my books. I enjoy forecasting and future planning and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, there's definitely parts of my business that I would rather give away. Yeah. And oddly enough, some of it is the marketing, even though I did marketing my whole career. I'm just sort of, I love, love passing that over to somebody else. I know.
0: Well, which is lovely because then it's all care and no responsibility. And you can, you can check what they're doing as opposed to having to generate it all yourself. Yeah. Um, Okay. Now, along the way, have there been any women that stand out that have helped you? Mainly because she's the boss. My One of my biggest things is making women more visible. I think it's really important that we have as many role models as possible out there. And so the question I like to ask is, have there been any women that have helped you along the way in any of your careers? Because you've had a few uh, that yeah. you can sort of name and tell us a little bit about what they did to help you.
1: Yeah, I've had, I've been very, very fortunate. I've had so many. Uh, when I first came back to Australia from Singapore, so this is in 20, this was 2019, I was accepted into the Australian Fashion Council's incubator program called Curated. Right. And through Curated, you get a mentor. And my mentor was Christine Metcalf, who's one of the, the founders of the ARC clothing company. Okay. Which she's since sold, but she had started the ARC. And she was amazing. Like we still, even during, you know, COVID, we went for walks together every now and again. Like she's somebody that when I'm sort of, you know, really don't know which direction to go, you know, can give her a call and she's been absolutely amazing. And she, she doesn't, you know, it's all not fluffy. She tells me the truth. You know, she doesn't, she'll say, are you sure you want to do that? You know, are you sure you want to make suits during COVID? You know, things like that. She'll give me really sound advice and then steps to take. So she's been wonderful uh, back in advertising days, I've had some wonderful women, not just people that I worked for, but people that were peers. Yeah. So, um, there's a woman, Beth Warren, who I worked for and with both, um, for, for several years. And just, you know, when you go into meetings and you're presenting and everybody had your back, Yeah. which I always love. It's not like people are wanting you to fail. It's, I think we really, our whole team, when I, when I worked in advertising most of the time I found it's, you know, a high tide rises all boats. Yes. So if you do well, I do well, we all do well that there wasn't this sort of, um, coming at you. I'm very not competitive either. Like oddly enough, like I, 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 someone wants to compete with me. I just sort of back down. I I do too. Yeah. I just, I have no competitive streak in me whatsoever. I just want everybody to do well.
0: Yeah. Well, well, that's beautiful. And you're so right. I love that. I love that. Um, a rising tide rides, rises all boats. It's very true. And I'm the same. And it, for me, I think that competitive thing started with sport because I was so bad at it that I, and I've had, never had any interest in sport. So people would put me in a race and I'd be like, you know what, I'll walk and you run. Cause you're definitely, yep. you should win anyway.
1: <laughs> yep. I actually have a running group here in St Kilda. We run a few mornings a week and, uh, I'm always like, who wants to run slow today? You know, <laughs> that's my, I just, I have no interest in, in, competing.
0: I love that. Okay, so um, another of the questions that I like to ask people, and it's interesting, being a New York woman, I would assume that you're very driven, but um, but you also sound like you've got a good head on your shoulders. But what happens with the juggle for work and life, I guess? Um, how good are you at giving yourself a bit of time off? Mainly because this question is coming from the angle of burnout and how you're avoiding it, because so many women will work themselves into the ground. I'm interested to know how people do the juggle.
1: It's hard. I won't I won't deny that. So I am very aware of the fact that burnout does happen and I'm very aware of the fact that you need to take time off. Yeah. It's hard. Uh and again, I do love work, so sometimes I come home and I, you know, I want to just jump on an Excel sheet and I can just see like my husband's like, "Can we just have a glass <laughs> of wine and sit on the couch?" So and I'm very good like I love spending time with him and and I I try to be very cognizant of it. It's interesting because I'm having this conversation actually with another woman who is in my store because we are working, especially in the last few weeks, we're all working very just so so many yeah. hours. And I'm gonna be heading back to the U.S. for five weeks later uh, at the end of May for a holiday. So I'll be back in New York and in Boston, and I I will take time off. I mean, I still have to touch the business every day. Yeah, but I will take time off, and I know I'm better for it. When I come back, I did it last year. When I come back, I know I'm better for it. Yeah. It's
0: hard. Look, it is it is a hard thing to make yourself do, but I think your last sentence absolutely encapsulates it. I think that if you do take that time out, even though it is so hard to do, to sort of extract yourself out of the business, but that higher level, that, that distance that you get when you stop working on the business for a minute often can give you great ideas for moving forward. Just gives you that perspective that you don't get when you head down and bum up.
1: 100 percent yeah even when i came back last year i remember walking into the store and one of the women that works with me said you you're a different person wow and i felt like i felt it i felt like i was really like feeling creative again you know and i probably did work myself into burnout last year right and i did feel that it, it was very good for me and i i I even try to encourage, you know, the people on my team, you know, I, we have a WhatsApp group that we communicate. I'm like, turn the notifications off when you're not in the store. Yeah. yeah. You know, don't be looking at this. You don't need to until you're back in the store.
0: Yeah. that That's great advice. Okay. Um, and what about weekends and things? I mean, do you, when you're not on holiday in America and you're over here for the other 50 weeks a year or whatever it is, 48 weeks a year, are you giving yourself weekends off or... or St- setting the no. store aside, because I know starting a new store would, would, you know, have monopolized things for a while, but in general, no.
1: <laughs> no, I, I work every weekend. Right. But I, and I go in store every weekend because, you know, typically it's busy and it's like, I get to meet a different client too. So in the weekdays, I'm meeting sort of my business client that's out and about in the weekends. I get a lot of people in from Sydney. We're getting a lot of people from the hotels in Melbourne. So it's just nice for me to go in and meet the clients. Yeah. But my husband's retired. So sometimes oh, we'll right. is <laughs> is we'll take a Monday. Well, he calls himself my courier. So he's kind of retired, kind of my courier. Um, but he he and I might take a Tuesday. Like I my big thing about it, taking a break is if I if I have lunch and lunch has a glass of wine with it, then I know I'm not working. Uh. Like that's the, that's the mental cue that I'm not working. So, so usually one day a week we'll run around to the factories or something like that. And then I'm like, Oh, I'm taking us to lunch. And that's my, you know, that's my reward. Yeah. And I pay for lunch. And then of course he doesn't want to go to lunch, but he does cause he knows I love it. Oh, and good. Men, that's sort I of know what is it with
0: reward. men? They're not my my partner's not great with let's go out for lunch either. And I'm like, God, that's yeah. such a for me. It's such an exciting and fun thing to do, but they don't really see it that way. Yeah. You and I need to be doing lunch then, Lindsay. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs>
1: that's the Absolutely. answer. Absolutely, anytime. Okay,
0: now why don't um, this has just been fantastic? I've got one more question for you, which is: Is there a quirky fact about you that not many people know that you'd be up for sharing? Um. Doesn't
1: matter I guess a more. lot of me is quirky. So people meet me and they think like that I'm really intense and really serious. And when you get to know me well, I'm like the exact opposite <laughs> of that. I'm actually not serious. Like people have been intimidated by me, and I'm like intimidated by me. Like that's a bit crazy. But um, but yeah, I can tell you the most embarrassing thing that ever happened to me. Go on
0: then. I love an it's embarrassing one. thing. So it was
1: back in the day when I was working at Whole Foods and I was the customer service manager and I used to sit up high in this customer service desk and um, one day some guy came in and he was, you know, sort of looking at me and came up to the desk and said, um, excuse me, can I ask you for your hours? And I was like, Oh, thank you so much. You're so lovely. I'm like, but I have a boyfriend and I really appreciate you asking. And then he's like, you can't tell me the store hours. And I was like, Oh my God. (laughs) And I cringe, you know, when you walk around and just all of a sudden like it comes back to you just cringe I think I cringed for like four months after that I was like oh my god that is so cute oh
0: no I think that's right I bet you made his day (laughs) Uh. (laughs) although he sounds like he was being a bit vague uh well look I love your story thank you so much for sharing it Lindsay um tell everybody where it is that if they wanted to get hold of you and or they want to get to your clothes um, sure. cause I know we had a couple of false starts at the beginning of this and I have a feeling we might've lost that little bit about where your stores are. So no worries uh, at all. Go for so, it.
1: um, we actually just redid our website and launched it today. Oh, so wow. Congratulations. Yeah, very exciting. So the website is Lindsay L I N D S A Y Nicholas N I C H O L A S newyork.com.au A U. And then our stores are on Little Collins Street. So 183 Little Collins Street, which is between Russell and Swanston. Yep. And then we have Emporium, which is actually just a pop-up. three months. We're hoping we stay a lot longer than that. But for now, it's three months. And it's on level one across from Polo Ralph Lauren at Emporium, which is behind David Jones and Meyer in the Burke Street Mall.
0: Well, listen, Lindsay, thank you so much for sharing Um for sharing all of your story. I also just want to quickly say you're also on LinkedIn, aren't you? Because I'm pretty I am, sure yes. I found you through that. So
1: Lindsay Nicholas on LinkedIn. Great. L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S. Yes. And I
0: I love LinkedIn. Wonderful. Yeah, I do too. So look, thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, I hope that people will uh, go and buy from you and check out your clothes because I know how beautiful they are and all very um Bespoke and luxury and gorgeous. So, so treat yourselves, girls, and go and buy a Lindsay Nicholas piece. And Lindsay, I can't wait to see what you do next. Uh, Actually, before we go, what are your big plans for Lindsay Nicholas New York? Are you planning on having stores in every state, or?
1: Um, we'd love to. I actually do get a lot of customers in from Sydney, so we're planning on doing a trunk show in Sydney later in the year, probably in November. Wow! And then I'm actually even looking at opening a store in my hometown. Because uh, my sister has been working for me since the start of the business, right? And she is still there, and would love to would love to take that on. So I've actually been talking to real estate agents there, and it gives me another opportunity. While we're very transseasonal, and our client travels a lot, so she's in winter and summer a lot, so yeah. we sell both in the store all year long. It would be nice to also have a place where. You know, we sell these beautiful, beautiful Italian um, merino jumpers, and then have another life in the states as well, and also have distribution because I'm trying to get on some, um, you know, within some retailers in the states. So it would be nice to have distribution that's physically in America, and that would be kind of full circle.
0: Are you talking about Wellesley? Is that where you're thinking? I am actually. Yeah, Yeah. I've been
1: looking in Wellesley. Well, it would, and I'm going to do an event there actually in June. I'm headed back, and I will be doing an event in Wellesley. So if people want to just jump on my emails list. We'll be sending out details on that as well.
0: That's fantastic. And of course, if you've got the school there and all the university and their parents, it's probably a really good town for you to open up in as well. Well, congratulations. Thank you again, Lindsay. This has been great. And I look forward to sharing your story.
1: Jules, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: My pleasure. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of She's the Boss Chats. For more information and to find out about our other initiatives, including our weekly lunch for female founders and our TV show, go to theboss.com.au.